phone went flat at the end of that previous episode. It never goes flat at the start. <laughs> and uh, so that previous episode's now that previous episode now becomes part one and this becomes part two. And in that previous episode I was trying to get my head around this war in Ethiopia, which I've taken a bigger interest in than I than I took in the Armenia versus Azerbaijan war, uh, which immediately preceded this one in Ethiopia. And uh, at the moment, it seems to me that this war, for, you see, I did an episode not too long ago where I, I, I thought it was an ideological war. A, a war between two possible constitutions, you know, and that was um, that was the name of a previous episode that I made. I said, "Is this war a war between two, two different type of types of Ethiopia?" You know, uh, you know um, uh, what's called an ethnic federalism versus a civic federalism, um, with one mob thinking that Ethiopia should be a an ethnic federalism, and the other mob thinking that Ethiopia should be a civic federalism, where one mob thinks Ethiopia should be um, a, an alliance, really, of states, independent states, uh, each with, with its own identity. That's an ethnic federalism. Um, you know, that's one ideology. Um, and another mob thinking, well, no, I think it should be a, a system of one Ethiopia, where we are all one pe people. We are all one people. You know, so you can imagine two different constitutions, one defining um, an Ethiopia which comprises a number of independent states, and another constitution which defines uh, an Ethiopia that is one Ethiopia. Everybody is the same tribe. Multiple tribes, one tribe. Ethnic federalism, one Ethiopia. Civic federalism. All right. Now that's where I, that's where I was going in a previous episode. Now I'm starting to think, mm, can we go deeper than that? And that's what I was getting at and towards in part one. And I'm thinking. That there are different mobs in Ethiopia, and it seems to me that the people themselves, the ordinary people, get along can get along quite well, as far as I can tell. Uh, different religions, different ethnicities, different tribes, but they all tend, as far as I've heard, to get along quite well, intermarry, become friends, become next door neighbours, all that sort of stuff, do business with each other, all that sort of stuff. They seem to get along quite well. So the ordinary people seem to know how to mingle, you know, Muslims, Christians, no doubt secular Ethiopians. Um, they all seem to get along quite well, as far as I can tell. Ordinary people, you know, this isn't a war, as far as I can tell, that has arisen because ordinary people can't get along. This isn't a war, as far as I can tell, that has arisen be because, you know, ordinary people 
were killing each other um, or couldn't get along okay so um, what I think and I could be wrong because I move you see so this is yet another take on what, what is causing this war yeah. and now I'm thinking that um, it's the different elites in Ethiopia who can't get along. The ordinary people down here can get along, but the elites can't power share. Is that right? Yeah. Is this a war between the elites? Is it, in essence, about 200 people versus another 200 people, and all the ordinary people are just loyal to their elites? You know what I mean? So is this... Um, a case of, um, look, I'll, I'll characterise it as um, a, a Tigray elite on the one hand um, and an Amharan elite on the other hand. There are other elites, uh, other tribes, you know, but these two seem to be the power brokers, you know. So you've got these two mobs, um, and is it the case that the ordinary people can get along, but in the corridors of power, the elites from these two mobs can't power share, can't power share. One has to be dominant or the other, but they have no possibility of power sharing. Is that true? Because um, I've heard a bit about history, mainly from my goddaughter, and she um, seems to indicate to me um, that you know there was a point in time after Haile Selassie the last emperor of Ethiopia got knocked off that one mob seemed to have you know one elite seemed to have all the power was that an Amharan dominated elite you know and the Tigrayan people were uh, powerless relatively powerless in that structure so not about the ordinary people uh, mainly, um, I'm sure little Muslim girls were falling in love with little Christian boys and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, even back then. Uh, but was there an elite that came into play after the you know the kind of knocked off Selassie uh, uh, French Revolution style, and that elite was dominant, and was that elite Amharan, basically, obviously forming alliances, you know, maybe there were some Oromo elites in there, maybe there was even one or two Tigrayans, I don't know, it really doesn't matter, it's which one is in the ascendancy, which one is the most dominant, so was that essentially an Amharan slash, maybe um, you know, Oromo sort of elite, um, that we now call the Derg, okay, and if it was, that would be an elite, um, that wouldn't allow, that couldn't allow the other elite, let's say the Tigrayan elite, you know, plus other little minor elites, um, any power. Uh, so it had to be Derg-dominated elite, but there was no possibility of power sharing. You couldn't get the Tigrayans in there and actually all have a consensus government. It was impossible. Is that true? I don't know the answer. It doesn't matter, but that's what I'm proposing. And then a Tigray the Tigrayan, you know, that got very violent. Very clearly that got very violent. 
Now, did then the Tigrayan elite rise up? Um, yeah, they were, were they um, and knock off that lot. Now, and then the Tigrayan elite was most powerful. Of course, now the Tigrayan elite seems to have formed a coalition. You know, so there was an Oromo elite in there. There were Amharans in there with, Fran you know, that were enfranchised and all that sort of stuff. So there were all different. You know, it was a coalition. It wasn't just the Tigray party. Um, it was a coalition of parties. There was a Tigray party and then, I suppose, an Amharan party and maybe an Oromo party and maybe another one, you know. Maybe there was a something else party, you know what I mean? It really doesn't matter. The point is, we had the Derg, and that was one elite in power and the other elite not in power. And then we had, um, now I know the acronym EDRPF or EDPRF, I don't know which one it is, it doesn't matter. Um, but the EDPRF uh, was a, a coalition between a dominant Tigray elite and other elites, you know, which we call parties. Now, my feeling, and this is the question to ask, during that period, the second period, the non-Derg period, was the Tigrayan elite dominant? And if it was, why were they dominant? And the other one's not dominant. And is the answer to that uh, because in Ethiopia there is no possibility of true power sharing. One mob, and only one mob, can ever be absolutely dominant. And um, and uh, and then there came to pass a time when the other mob again, and I'll call that the Amharan elite. You know, I'm sure there are Oromos allied to the Amharan elite, and there are Oromos probably allied to the, T the Tigrayan elite. Right, and then, was it not the case? Okay, so we had the Derg era. Right. Just um, one elite in power. And then we had the next EDPRF, or EDRPF, I don't really care, um, era. Was it true that there was only one elite in that was dominant in that time. Um, and and then they got, and then another mob came, swept into power not too long ago. And that was, um, and they had as their Prime Minister, Abiy Ahmed, who is the current Prime Minister. It is a new era. Now, okay, now when that guy came to power, he's, I suppose, Amharan and Oromo, from what I've heard, Okay, but he represents another elite, and is it sort of similar to the old elite that came before the Tigrayans? And if that's the case, all right, we've got another elite in play in that are dominant now, and the Tigrayans, I've been told, have been sidelined in this new structure. In this new structure, now was it right for the Amharan elite, let's say, Amharan slash? Um, was it right for the Amharan elite in this new power structure to sideline the Tigrayan elite? And my feeling is it doesn't really matter whether it was right or wrong. I doubt there was any other possibility. Because, as far as I can tell, the story of Ethiopia, if you like, um, is the power sharing between these, especially these major mobs, is not possible. Is not possible.
possible. Am I right in saying that? So in the corridors of power, which are quite secretive, I've heard, um, it's not like Australia where our parliament is actually televised. You watch it on TV. I listen to it on my radio up there, you know. Um, in Australia, you can listen to the arguments going on between our elites. Um, but in the corridors of power, wouldn't you have loved to be there before this war broke out? You had Abiy Ahmed, who was the Prime Minister, and I can imagine a whole lot of Tigray elites still in the corridors of power, actually physically there, but Abby, and, and they're coming into meetings being pains in the ass as far as Abiy Ahmed is concerned. You can just imagine they're saying, I object, um, this is not the way we do things. And Abiy Ahmed would say, your objection is overruled. Now, at this point, it's not war, it's arguments between the people in power. And then, um, and every, I can imagine the Tigrayans just sitting there saying, listen, we know how to run this show, we've been running it for 20 years. And Abiy Ahmed saying, well, I'm in charge now. And the Tigrayans saying, you don't actually know what you're doing, you're not even a politician. You know, and Abiy Ahmed saying, and yet I'm in power. And then the Tigrayan elite saying, we don't care if you're in power. We know what's going on. We know how our constitution works. We actually were instrumental in writing it, you know. Um, and Abiy Ahmed might be saying, well, I don't actually think you wrote a very good constitution. And, and the Tigrayan elite, you know, and it starts to be bad blood. But none of us saw that. This is before the war, you see. This would be in the corridors of power. Uh, so you can imagine, increasingly, two camps starting to separate. And then Abby not inviting those ministers, if you like, into meetings, because all they do is cause trouble. And then Abiy Ahmed finally cracking the shits and saying, this isn't working. Now, these guys here... Every time I speak, I mean, I'm the Prime Minister. Every time I suggest anything, they sit there so smug. They sit there so smug because they know so much better. You know, I can imagine him saying that. So I reckon there were months and months, actually years, a couple of years, maybe two years, of Abiy Ahmed chafing with all these Tigrayans in the corridors of power, just walking around, and Abiy Ahmed is saying, right, my next initiative is this, and my next initiative is that, and... And all the Tigrayans going, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You know, this is unconstitutional. That's against the law. That's a bad move because that'll cause unrest in that that region. And Abiy Ahmed saying, I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm the prime minister. You know, and Tigrayans saying, eh, we know what's going on. You don't. You know, sure, go ahead, do it. Make mistakes. You know, and Abiy Ahmed saying, this is annoying me. Yeah. And finally, Abiy Ahmed saying, this coalition kind of system, this ethnic federalism, this whole bloody system doesn't work. Uh, I'm restructuring. And he didn't even, you know, to a certain extent, he didn't ask all these Tigrayans who were just like a thorn in his side. Is this how it went in the corridors of power? I'm not talking about amongst the people. I'm sure... Little Amharan girls were still falling in love with little Amharan boys. And, you know, they were going to the pub together and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking in the corridors of power. And then, like a bombshell one day, um, Abiy Ahmed suddenly says, the old system is out. I'm, I'm bringing in a single party. It's no longer a coalition. 
You know, I can't do business with these guys. It's one party and you do it my way. We work as a team and we do it my way. Now, this sounds a lot like a dictatorship to me, but if I was Abby Ahmed, what would I have done differently? Because my only other choice was for these guys to keep needling me and making me look like a fool and until I was ousted. I would have been pushed out soon enough and they would have been back in power, you know, because they've just got this natural authority, these Tigrains. They've been in power for 20-something years. You know, they run this show, um, these corridors of power, their corridors of power. That's what Abby Armand will say. What are my choices? You know, do I do I persevere with this structure that the you know, the Tigray dominant um, previous structure built? Do I or do I do another system where I'm actually going to survive for starters, and I don't even like their system anyway? You know, so is this a case of Abby said, got to sideline these guys, got to sideline these guys? They're just stopping everything. You know making me look stupid, um, um, so on and so forth. He says, right, I'll just kick him out. Okay. <clears throat> so we have our third phase suddenly. You know, we had our Derg phase, in which maybe an Amharan elite was in charge. I don't know what their ethnicity was and all that sort of stuff. I do get the sense that there were Tigrayans being starved and um, slaughtered at that time, but there were others being slaughtered and starved too, I'm sure. <clears throat> This is not, I'm not doing black and white here. <coughs> I'm talking tendencies, trends. All right, so we had a kind of, what, Amharan slash RMO and a few others mob running the show and the Tigrayans sidelined back then in the era of the Derg, did we? Okay, that was era one. Era two, uh, did we have the Tigrayans as the dominant force with no possibility of a true coalition? I think so. I think that's what it was. Now we're in phase three, um, and it was a coalition in name for maybe a couple of years, but there was no possibility of power sharing. No possibility of power sharing. So the Tigrayans had to be sidelined. If I was Abby, I would have sidelined them too. I actually would have. Um, and for, <coughs> and did exactly what he did. I think I would have. Um, and then... Um, and if the Tigrayans had just gone quietly, that would have been good, as far as I was concerned, if I was Abby. But they didn't go quietly. They went back to Tigray, you know, all those elites. So we still got these two mobs of elites. I don't think the ordinary people were all that involved, but of course they were enfranchised, you know, but they weren't killing each other or anything like that. Little Amharan girls were still falling in love with little Amharan boys, I'm sure. All right, so the ordinary people were just doing what ordinary people do. We ordinary people, we're just arrow fodder. You know, we throw our weight behind the elite, but the elite, you know, it's not, look, if there's 110 million people, it's not 90 million people versus, you know, 20 million or 100 million versus, you know, 10 million. It's maybe 200 people in the elite in one mob um, versus maybe 40, no, sorry, maybe 300 in elite in one mob versus a hundred elite in the other mob, you know. It ends up a war just between a f very few people. And then the rest of the country gets dragged into it. All right, the ordinary people are just arrow fodder. We're nothing you know, when this when this sort of stuff happens. All right, so what's happening there? Uh, so the Tigrayans technically um, get sidelined. So this should be a phase three. You know, Abby might even say that's fair. 
we had our turn, the derg. He wouldn't align himself with the derg, but you know, let's just for the sake of argument. All right, one mob was dominant and the other mob was sidelined. That's the era of the derg. And then the second era, the Tigrayans were dominant and everyone else was sidelined. Yes, they were in part of the coalition, you know, but really what Meles was saying was what was going to happen. You, know, you couldn't actually vote him out. You couldn't vote against him, could you? Yeah. Um, and in each of these eras, by the way, the real troublemakers on the other side, as they're called, um, get sent off to America or something, exiled or whatever, you know. But each time there's a change in mob from phase one or era one, era two, era three, I'm sure they come back from America, you know, and, uh, and come back into power. And then the other mob goes to America. Is that what's happening, you know? Is this what's going to happen now? So my guess is, you know, was it true during the period of the Derg that kind of tig there were a fair few Tigrayans hiding off in America? And was it true that in the time of Malice, there were a whole lot of um, Amharans hiding off in America and in other places. I think um, the leader of the Derg was hiding off with Mugabe. But the point is, you know, um, now we're in this next period now. Now you would think that the wise thing was to do, all right, it's this mob's turn, the Amharans elite's turn now. So you would think, well, what's the best thing? Well, maybe the troublemakers are now the Tigrayan elite, even though they were the rock-solid good guys running the show before, now they become the troublemakers. So you get a different brand, and maybe they should have just gone off and hid in America, because you know, it was their turn to be out of power. No possibility of power sharing. Is that the case? But what did the Tigrayans actually do? They went back to Tigray and carried on as if nothing had changed, and they even called an election. They called a national election, a state national election, if you like, in Tigray, totally um, a slap in the face for what Abiy Ahmed had planned for the whole country, because he had, you know, he said, that's absolutely appalling from Abiy's perspective what they what they did. Now, from Abiy's perspective, I would say this can't do. We cannot have this. We can't have them calling a state election. They're unsettling everything I'm trying to do here. Those Tigrayans, they just keep needling and needling and needling until they're back in power. That's what he'd be thinking, I reckon. And so they, the Tigrayans didn't go off quietly. They just acted like they were still in control. You know? Which would be absolutely irritating if you were a Prime Minister and you were actually in control. You know, you should be thinking, these guys are just ignoring the fact that I'm in control and they're acting like they're in control. This cannot do. So Abby's elite sort of says, if I do nothing, um, these guys are just going to have their election and they're going to push and push and push and weasel their way back in and they're going to negotiate and all this sort of stuff. Um, and they're going to call in mediators and all this sort of stuff. And the end result of it is they're just getting back in and back in and back in and winning again. You know, they haven't given they haven't given it away. It's not their turn anymore, is what Abby would be saying. He'd be saying, What are my choices here? What are my choices? He said and he, he probably wasn't thinking about smashing Tigrayan people as a whole. He was probably thinking I've got to, I've got to actually 
arrest the lot. I just got to get rid of them. It's either they go, or they will um, just push their way back into power. You know, under a coalition, it's like a natural force. You know, if if, if I try and sideline them, we cannot power share. You know, like some people have been saying, oh, we should bring in negotiators and find out a way where we can power share, you know, and everybody can be happy families again. But my central theory in this episode is that power sharing is impossible. Either one mob or the other mob has to be dominant. So on that front, I agree with Abby, you know, when Abby sort of says, you know, because um, there are other international bodies saying, listen, we'll come in and mediate. We'll all get around a table and we'll work out a way we can all work this in together, you know. And Abby, I'm sure, is saying, you don't know. You haven't been inside our corridors of power. What you're asking is impossible. We cannot power share. It is impossible for me to power share with these guys, because if I power share with these guys, they take over. You know? And they're saying the same thing. You know? Actually, I think the Tigrayans have got this natural way of ending up in power. You know, um, They're kind of... Yeah. Anyway, um, so I would have probably done what Abby has been doing, saying, listen, you should have all exiled yourself. You know, you should know how Ethiopia works. If I've taken power, you cannot have a share of power. You have to be powerless. And you wouldn't admit that. You went back to Tigray and held elections and kept wielding power from there. You should know that that's not possible. This is Ethiopia. Power sharing is impossible. You know, so here I'm saying it's a power thing. This war, at the bottom of this war, is power. Who has the power? Which mob? Which elite in which mob? So it's not about ideology. That's the symptom, you know, whether you should have an ethnic federalism or a civic federalism. I'm arguing now that that's just a symptom, but the cause of that disagreement as to what sort of Ethiopia there should be lies. The cause is that... Only one mob can be in power. You know, of the two major dominant mobs, you know, there are other mobs. You know. um, but they're minor players, as far as I can tell. All right. So Abby, I think, has done the only thing he could do. You know, he either just gives it back to Tigray, gives it all back to Tigray and resigns, or he ousts a lot of them, arrests a lot of them, and probably either kills them or exiles them. And he, now, I think this war is actually a war of Abby going for those elites. It's not really about the people. I don't think he wants to do mass slaughter. He may do mass slaughter while he's at it. Yeah, because inevitably the Tigrayan people will support their own elite. So, yeah, it may end up... The result may be mass slaughter, but what Abby probably really wants is just to... Listen, Tigray elite, it's your turn to go. You know... You cannot have power, and Tigrayans cannot abide that. They have to have be in power. It's in their nature. And Abby is saying, you can't be in power. We are in power now. The Amharan elite is in power. Get it through your thick heads. You're not in power now. And the Tigrayans say, well, we can't get that through our thick heads because it is in our nature as lions to be in power. And he said, well, I'm just going to have to kill you all or exile you. Go to America voluntarily. Go while you can because I'm coming in there to kill you if you don't. One way or another, you're going. And the Tigrayans are saying, they're sitting in Tigray saying, well, come and get us, which is uh, what Abby's doing. I think um, when they called that election, that's what they were saying. They were saying, we're not, we're not going quietly. 
if you want us, if you want the Tigrayan elite to have no power, you're going to have to come and get us. You know? And now they're sitting in Tigray now, the Tigrayan elite, and they're saying, come and get us. They don't seem to be stressed. They're sitting there waiting. And Abby has encircled the capital city and all that sort of stuff. He's going to go in there. He's going to go looking for them. If he sees them, he'll probably shoot them in the head, each one he finds, you know, or imprison them, you know. Some of them might escape, all that sort of stuff. But they're going to battle and battle and battle, and absolute waste of time. Um, the international community uh, putting their hand up, their collective hand up, to come in and try and mediate a solution. There's no solution. Yeah. I think Abby's right. He either resigns and gives up, or he gets rid of a lot of them, the Tigray elite. There is two choices. What do you think he should do? You know, should he fall on his sword and just disappear? Yeah. And if so, why? Why should he have to? You know, because these guys are the natural leaders? Should he have to should he have to agree to that? So his two choices I think are either two um, self-sacrifice and uh, and agree that the Tigrayans should be in charge forever. Um, you know, of course the Tigrayans, you know, have this um, kind of pretend coalition that they put in place, or they have so far. But really, even when they put these coalitions in place, in within those coalitions, the Amharans and all the other ones are sidelined. The Tigrayans are the actual ones running the show. You know, so... You know, the Tigrayans sometimes say that, as far as I can tell. They say, no, no, we'll get a coalition in place. It's an ethnic federalism. Everyone's equal. Power sharing, power sharing, power sharing. But it's not. Because my central theory of this episode is that power sharing is impossible. So when Melis, the Tigrayan, who was in charge a while back, proposed a power sharing arrangement, because that's what it was. Ethnic federalism, a coalition, power sharing. Um, it was not possible, what he was aiming for. Only one mob can be dominant. There is no possibility of power sharing. So it was a flawed plan, as far as I could tell. And I think maybe he was aiming, saying, listen, I live, if I live to 188, you know, I'm planning to live to 200 years old, and it'll take me 200 years, and I'll get that in place, and there will be power sharing. But he wasn't going to live to 200 years. He only lived to 55 or something, you know. He was never going to make 200 years of age. So it was a flawed plan, I think. So, if power sharing is impossible, impossible, then Abby's not really doing the wrong thing, as far as I can tell. So what's his other, what, what, what is his alternative? What is his other option? Abby's not doing the wrong thing, as far as I can tell. He's doing the only thing he can do in the situation that he's got. And the Tigrayans, the same, you know, they're in the same boat. What should they be doing differently? Well, they can't do anything differently either, you know. They have to assert their authority. Otherwise, they have to go back to second-class citizens, you know, the minor elites. They can't live like that. It's not in their nature. Isn't it interesting how war becomes inevitable? Some people march around, John Lennon style, you know. No war, no war. But in a situation like this, it's impossible for there to be no war. War is sometimes unavoidable. Okay, now the only other option, and my goddaughter has proposed things, and I think she's so bright. Um, it's just split Ethiopia up. Let the Tigrayans go off and be independent. That's another option. A, a separate country. Then you don't have to have power sharing. You've got Tigray as a country, and maybe the rest of Ethiopia as a country. I think she's been saying you could actually have 20 countries. 
split Ethiopia right up into all of its states. I don't know how many states there are, 10, you know, 12, I don't care. Um, you know, split, split Ethiopia up into 12 countries. Like Yugoslavia was split up into X number of countries, you know. You could do that. Um, and maybe she's right. Maybe that's the only solution. If power sharing is impossible, maybe that's all that can be done. But then, um, and, and that's where Abby might be wrong. Maybe what he should be doing is agreeing to split Ethiopia up into 10 countries. Now, if I was Abby, would I agree to that? I think I wouldn't without knowing why he doesn't want to do that, but I'll bet you there's a good reason why he doesn't want to do that. I'll bet you there's a good reason why he doesn't want to break up Ethiopia. He wants to keep it all whole, one Ethiopia. I bet you there's a good reason, but I don't know what that reason is. You know, I don't have to know everything. Whatever the, whatever the, whatever the reason is that Abby doesn't want Ethiopia to break up, um, to a certain extent, that's causing this war, whatever that reason is. And you might know what that reason is better than me, and I'll bet you it's a damn good reason. Yeah, it's something to do with economics and grand renaissance dams and China and all that sort of stuff. It'll be something to do with all that. I don't know what it is. All right, so that's that. Uh, that's as much as I can make of the war that's going on at the moment in Ethiopia. It's a slight change in focus to what I said in a previous episode when I thought it was an ideological war between civic federalism and ethnic federalism. I now think it's uh, a war of um, who should be in power, which mob, in a land where power sharing is impossible. And, according to the current Prime Minister, breaking up the joint is also impossible. That's what I think this is about. It's about power, not ideology so much. I'm going to delete the other episode, so this is the only episode now. I described this as part two of a two-parter. No, no, I'll leave them both here. I'll leave that one there. Okay, so we've got a part one and a part two. Okay, this is part two.